All right, we are back with Sister Nancy on the phone. This is KTUH-FM Honolulu. Nancy, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining us. We are truly honored uh, to have you on the show. Uh, First, I have to ask, what's the weather like in New Jersey this morning? Very cold. I I assume so. I assume so. That's why I was asking. Um, You know... yeah, I was just wanted to ask you, first of all, um, you're still here touring and performing uh, almost 40 years after you got your start in the business. That's an incredibly long time. Can you hear me? Repeat, repeat that. Okay, I was saying you're still here touring and performing uh, almost 40 years after you got your start. Um, what do you um, chalk up your longevity to? Why have you lasted so long in this business? Well, um, greetings Hawaii, first I must say that. Greetings to all my people in Hawaii, my friends and fans, you know, all of them great people who I chat with all the time. Hope to see you all tomorrow and Friday. Well, um, endurance is because of, my endurance is because of, I think, it's a type of quality music that I do. That's the first thing. And you know, and the respect that I have for myself, and I um, I also show that respect to other people, you know, fellow um, entertainers, and even um, my fans and everything. So, you know, people is just just want to hear me all the time because of my personality and the music that I do, the type of music that I do, clean music and good music. Definitely, definitely. Tell us about how you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> So tell Hello. us about yeah hi <laughs> tell us about how you got started um and tell us about how you got started in the music business. Okay. Yes, I didn't hear what you said properly because my cell phone go off at the same time. Okay, I'm and I'm All using right. the house phone, my home phone to call you. Sure, 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 I understand. Tell us about how I didn't you. Hear get, what you said. Okay, tell us about how you got started uh, in the music business. How did you start DJing? Okay. Well, um. My brother, you know, Brigadier Jerry, he's the one who started me. Um, I always listened to him, patronize him, so on, and I always wanted to be like him, so that's how I really get started, just by listening to him. Mm -hmm. You know, physically. That's how I get started, I just follow his footsteps, that's all I still do. Right, right. Um, Physically, your voice is very powerful, you have a very strong voice. How did you develop that? I was born like that. <laughs> I didn't develop anything. I just I was born like that. Uh huh. That that's my voice. You know, I I didn't do anything extra, no voice training, nothing like that's just me. That's how I I'm a low talk. That's me. If you're at home and hear me, I'm a very low. I know I have a little cold because I had a flu. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to hear so that. You can hear that rustiness in my voice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I have the mic, it, it's gone. Right, right. It's not there, you know. It's not there. When you were getting started... You know, I was born like that. I'm sorry. No, no. I. My next question is, um, tell us about your family background. Um, was there a lot of music played in your house? Oh, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, music has always been a part of my family. Um, either it's reggae music, because, you know, we have in Jamaica, we have back in the days when I was a youth, you know. You have the radio. You have radio. Every, most people have radio. They may they may can't buy a stereo, but they do have radio. Transistor, transistor radio, and you know music play upon the radio. But and then in my home, my father and my mother, all them, 
you know, they're church believers, they're Christians, you know, they believe in them church and, you know, they believe in them God and teach us the same way to believe in, in the Creator, our God, too. And so, if it's not reggae, it's always been Christmas Christian music, and that's why you, you see us, we never perform without singing a gospel song. I never perform unless I do a gospel song. I can't. It's because it's a part of me, so music is always there. Mm-hmm. Always. And were they supportive of you getting into uh, the, the dance hall scene, the sound system scene? They who? Your family. Well, um, yeah, as I say, my mother, my mother migrated to America when I was 16 years old. So I was doing it before she migrated, but I had to hide it. <laughs> and after she migrated, I could have, I have more opportunity because I was a bad child. You know, I was a child who was out there a while. So no, after she leaves, nobody couldn't tell me what to do. I just do what I want to do. Right, right. But after she, after she leave, I just start going dances with my. I follow my brother to dance. I do I do all kind of crazy stuff. And because one time I'll stop going to school, and I just this music. I just dance. I just that was want to get out there. That's it. Right. And she left to migrate here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one question I have to ask you is. Tell us about being a young woman and trying to have your voice heard in such a male-dominated world as the Jamaican dancehall. How did you handle yourself? Well, as I said, I have my brother, Briggy, and he's, he is, and he was and still is highly respected. So, you know, I'll get a breakthrough through him. Some people wouldn't want to hear me because my voice was so fine, but so high because I have a high-pitched voice. I was so, my voice was so fine and high, and some people say I annoy them. <laughs> I yeah, can't believe that. Your voice so your voice so loud, you annoy me. And think <laughs> they would never disrespect me because of my brother. So places that I go, I would get the mic from anybody. And most is most men. You never see a woman because I never see a woman in dance hall until I have been there. Never. Right. Right. I never see one of them in there until I have been there. After I have been there, I see, you know, people, women start coming up. That's why never I see none before me. That's why I ask because it, it seemed that it would be a very intimidating um, scene. It it it, it wasn't it was intimidating, but as I said, because of him, and I know the respect that he has, and I only go where I know he is, if, even if he don't want me there. Right. I go where he is, so, you know, I'll get a chance to talk on that mic. Okay, tell us about your first your first recording experience. Uh, what was the song, and, and how old were you? Well, the first recording I did was 1979. Um, 1979, I was um, 17 years old. And that was Papa Dean. I did that for Winston Riley, Techniques Record. Right. I, I used to work with General Echo and on the sound system, stereophonic sound system. And in 1979, right before, the year before they died, he took me to Winston Riley. You know, and I did that song. Papa Dean wanted to give me Sardine. Then I get, did um, a second one, Money Can't Buy Love. And I did those two tunes for 1979, and then 1980, I did another one, Proud of We, and then after that came one, two. I see. So General Echo was really the one who took you to Winston Riley, and that's yes, how that recording yes, yes. got started. 
Yes, he did. He's the one who took me to him. Yes. Tell us about him a bit. He's such a legend, and as you mentioned, he was uh, tragically killed in Kingston, I, I believe, in 1979 or 80. 80, what, 80, 80 yeah. yeah. Tell us about General Echo. Well, Echo, Echo was um, a friend of mine, and different, different from my brother, is someone who um, helped me along the way, and I looked up to him, although he was a slackness DJ, but he had a a kind, a very kind person, you know, and he wanted the best for me. Because mm-hmm. as I said, I was a, I was a whole woman at the time, you know. And he said, you know, you have potential, and you know, it's good that you do things or man do one thing. You know, every woman ever do that and thing. So he he tried to do the best for me, and then he took me to Mr. Riley and tell Mr. Riley that she's good, she bad. Listen to her, you know. Right, right. And that's so you know. But he's a, he's a very a very nice person. Okay, I know you've had an, at this point to do this hundreds of times by now, but tell us the story. Tell us the story of Bam Bam, um, how it came about, and I understand it was not initially a big hit in Jamaica. I never heard it played there. I never heard it played there before I came here. I came here in nineteen ninety six, and I never heard it played there. I will when I perform, I would perform it. But I never heard like it played on the radio station or anything. I did Bam Bam um, nineteen um, eighty two. Yeah, eighty two. After I the one two album, and the one after the one two one two um, did so well. The single one two did so well and transport connection. Mr. Riley said he wanted me to do an album, so he wanted ten tracks. I already have two. I have um, the um, one two and the transport connection on it. I went to the studio with Yellowman and Yellowman and Fatted RJ studio, and they did a um, a copy of the Bam Bam. And while I was there, it just you know just come into mind and say, you know what, I have to finish the album. I had nine tracks already done, and I wanted the last one. And seeing that I hear. Yellowman did a bam bam in the studio. I called Mr. Riley and told him that I wanted to finish the album with the last track. And he asked me, what you going to do? And I say, I tell him I'm going to do a bam bam because Yellowman just the one and I like it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, he came and picked me up and I went to the studio and that's it, freestyle. <laughs> so for many, well, for many years you did not get any uh, money for this. So how did you finally get paid? Two years. I haven't received anything for 32 years from Technics Record, you know, because, you know, these people, that's how they are, you know. Mm-hmm. You're young, and when you do, you know, we you just please, I, like me, I was I was young, so, you know, in Jamaica you have copyrights, and I did copyright, copyright through England. I did copyright the songs, I did, I did copyright the One Two album, because remember, Bam Bam is a part of One Two, it's not, it's not separate. No, right. they do it separate, but it was a part of, you know, it's a compilation from the One Two album, number five on the, or six on, on the album, I think. And I did copyright the album. What Mr. Riley did, Mr. Riley went behind my back and took Bam Bam from the album and registered it in somebody else's name. I see. You know, so I had nine tracks registered onto me, which I wasn't getting anything anyway, because I don't get anything from, from them. They haven't given me anything. So what he did was go behind my back, and he took the song Bam Bam from the album, and he registered it into his name as writer, and the singer would be Nancy White. I see. 
I That's see. what I found out after that it registered to a lady named Nancy Whitefish. Nobody in the world, I don't know nobody have that name because that's <laughs> not my name. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I do. You know these people are. Right. See, that's not my name. So, um, I, you know, I was just wondering, oh, I don't get anything for the songs or anything. But when I came here in 1998, when I was, I was sitting right where I sat right now, and I saw it on the television, Belly, the movie Belly. Uh-huh. I saw that Bam, Bam Bam was in the bell, in the movie. That's there. what I heard, what that you were it? watching TV and you saw the song. Yeah, yeah. I said, what the hell is this? <laughs> my daughter said, Mommy, is that you? And I said, of course, that's my song. I went out in my living room and I played on my, because I have turntable, mm-hmm. and I have it on vinyl and everything. I played. Because I, I, I said, I, that can't be my song. Right, right. I called, I called him and I spoke to Mr. Riley, and he told me everything that went on and what he's going to give me, and I should meet him here because he had some royalty money for me and everything. He told me to meet him somewhere at 12 o'clock, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'd, there was nothing, I was not even working at that time, you know, so, and I had my daughter going to school and all of that, you know what I'm saying? Yes, so yeah. I really need the money and everything, and this man tell me to come meet him at 12 o'clock and I went at the place to meet him at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and I sat there in a car I paid $200 for that car I can't forget and I, and I drove like 20 miles and went where you said I should meet him and I sat there from 12 and up to 12 in the night I was still sitting there oh my goodness <laughs> he, he did not even show up he well, didn't even show up Bam Bam is such a classic. It's you know oh one of the one of the classic tunes on the Stalag oh rhythm, um, oh and it's it's hu- it's so huge. It's so popular. Um, oh boy! Can you tell us some of your all time favorite rhythms to um, to work with? Uh, well, my rhythms are the rhythms that I pref- that I really record on. You know, the rhythms that I record on is the rhythms that I really love. I see. Those are the rhythms I, I, I'm used to them. I um, I know how to talk in them. Not anybody can talk in them either. So I I, I like the, the rhythms that I record on already. But the ones that I haven't recorded on is the one that I used to hear my brother talk on. I love those. Those are mostly student one rhythms. Right, right. The classic you know, I rhythms. Love, I love original student ones. I don't like... This 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 is called bim 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 bim. I don't like that. I like original student rhythms, student one rhythm. That's that's my Treasure Island them thing. Those are the, the rhythms that I love to work on. I understand. Yeah. Um, what advice would you offer a young artist just breaking into the the reggae music business today? Well, for a young person coming, you know, wanting to do reggae and whatever, um, I would say to them. You have to keep it real, you know. You have to keep it real. That is what I, first thing, you keep it real. The second thing, you have to, you have to do music that will last. That's the most important thing. You can't do music that's going to play today and next week they shelf it. You have to do music that will last. And I'm just talking from experience because I only did one album to my name. And that album is 37 years old this year, and I'm still touring with that one album. I think I'm one of the only artists who's still doing that. For sure, you know? for sure. Yes, 
I still still pour with one two and only one two. So um, you have to do do me good music, and you have to keep it real and keep it clean. And you have to be yourself. Don't let nobody tell you what to do. You do your own thing. And if it's better, you write your own things. Don't make nobody write for you. Because once they start writing for you, you can't get out of it. And then they can write any crap give you to do. And you have to do it. Right, right. So you, so you write your own stuff. You take your time. It's easy. It's just like nurse rhyme. Maybe have a little lamp. lamp was for you just write it like rhymes. But make sure the words are positive and you can learn from them because people do learn from music because some people cannot read and write and music is what teach them it elevate them it unite them and it educate them so you have to do the right thing when it comes to music so just do the right thing and do good music and it and it will last that is sage advice um who are some of the current <laughs> crop of artists uh, whose work you enjoy any 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 new artists that you enjoy well i, I not enjoy i i listen to them who do you listen to? I listen to um, like in woman. The only the woman that I love to listen to is Sister Carol and um, Queen I Freak and Lady G. You know, those are the ladies that I would play at home. I would play them in my car. The mm-hmm. men, well, other from my brother. Cause my brother is in a class by himself. For sure. So, um, I will listen. I listen Sizzler. Okay. I listen and I love Luciana. You know, right, right. I, I love a few of them, just a few. Okay. Just a few. Because the reason why I say that is because if they do something nice today, tomorrow they're going to mess it up. Right. They're not stabilized. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, they're I not stabilized. They, they go with the flow. They go where the money is. It's like if they can get the money here, they do what they can do to get the money here. That is not music. That's mm-hmm. not me. Right. You have to stick. You got to stick to the thing that you learn. Stick to the thing that you know. What is right? You have to stick to that. These artists is up and down. If it's culture, they ride the bandwagon. If it's slackness, they ride the bandwagon. So you know, I really don't. I can't bother with them. I understand. That's just it. Yeah. Um, That's it. At this po- at this point in your career, you've uh, played pretty much the four corners of the world. Uh, can you tell us some of your of your favorite cities and countries uh, in which you've performed? Well, um, I, I travel um, ever most places. I love um, I love to perform in um, in Italy, and I really love Australia and um, New Zealand. I, I I love California. It's my favorite place to perform out of Jamaica, mm-hmm. California, especially LA. That's my favorite place to ever perform in LA, California. What is, what is it about Different from Jamaica? What huh? is it, what is it about California you like so much? The reason I I, I think I'm the home I I am the only artist who goes there like thirteen times a year, mm-hmm. and that's the most, and that's every year because they can never get enough of me. Right, I'm sure. <laughs> that's that's just that's just how they deal with me down there, and and I I just I just love them because that's how they, that's the love they show me, you know, in, in California, and that's and that's the truth. You know, so mm-hmm. California is my favorite place out of Jamaica to perform. L.A., California, San Diego, all of California. I love California very much. Okay, um, so at this point, you've been in New Jersey for just about twenty years now. Twenty-three years. Twenty-three years. Do you think you'll ever move back to Jamaica, or is New Jersey home for you now? New Jersey is my home. I do have a home back home too. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, I have. I I live here. This is my home. I love it here. 
and Jamaica is my first home, which I love more than anywhere in the world. You know, but I don't think I'll go there, you know, go back to live, live. But I do have my home there. My husband still lives there. I see. And my and my brother. I have nieces and nephews. So I go back like every every three months I go back home. Okay. Um, every when, three months I go back, like four or five times a year I go back to Jamaica. Okay, so you're back there quite a bit. Yes, I go. Okay. Um, I was there in November, I go back in in February, so you know, I go back all the time. Mm-hmm. When you're not busy with music, how do you spend your time? When I'm not busy with music, I, I, <laughs> I rest a lot. I see. <laughs> Same I with me. I rest a lot. Right now I'm in my bed. Okay. I don't have anything doing because I have to prepare for the for once I start on Friday I'm not going to stop until the end of March so if I'm not working I, I'm in my bed looking at Sanford and Son Good Times <laughs> Mr. Jefferson's those are great shows those are great shows those are my son I get have a glass of ginger beer that I make of course uh-huh. and I cook my dinner I cook my food I eat I lay down and I talk you know I have my little friends at home and my nieces and my you know friends at home here. right right and I sit I drink two Heineken and I just relax I don't have anything else to do I don't worry about anything my daughter is okay she's in North Carolina married and live with her husband so that's fine and I just lay down and watch my TV that's me that sounds so, like it sounds like a wonderful life. Me. Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah. it, it, I'm telling you, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. You just relax and that's it. That's awesome. I don't, I, I, I don't have anything else to do. Okay, I, I, I don't worry about anything. No, I don't. In the time we have left, I wanted to um, do a thing where I, I maybe I throw out some, some names at you. These are all legendary names uh, to people who know the uh, Jamaican uh, sound system world. And maybe if you could just give me a couple of uh, you know, your thoughts on each of these individuals. So I wanted to start out with uh, somebody everybody knows, and that's King Yellowman. Oh, King Yellowman is, is one of my close friends. You know, I do a lot of work with him. And back in the days, um, I did I did records with him, like the King and Queen, um, Cocaine, and you know, mm-hmm. Bloodstain. I do a lot of lot, lot of work with Yellow Man, and um, I I haven't seen him in a long time. But whenever we meet up, it's like we were together yesterday. And you know, and Yellow Yellow Man a King. I think yesterday was his birthday. Oh really? He oh. Yes, he celebrated his his um, 60th birthday yesterday. We'll have to have uh, some happy birthday music. 63, 63. Wow. You know, I, I spoke to him on Facebook. But that's, yeah, Yellowman, King Yellowman, he's a very nice man, too. Right. Okay, what about uh, Josie Wales? Well, Josie Wales is, um, is also a good friend of mine, too. Colonel is also a good friend of mine. I met him through my brother. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have not, I don't have anything bad to say about him. And that when, when I do see them, I get respect from him. And I show him the most, utmost respect to And he's a very good DJ and a very good artist. Okay. Uh, and, I, I, and I love him, yeah. What about Supercat? Oh, boy, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cat, you know, Supercat... I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him lately because you know he's a, he's a low key kind of man still in you know, the world. But mm-hmm. also, so you have to know you have you have to know to approach him. You know I see. that's how he is. But I know he's okay. I know he's fine. Um, I spoke to him last year. Was the last time I spoke to him. I was going on tour and he called me. 
you know, and it was um, complimenting me on on the work that I was doing and the bam bam or oh, bam bam. Just right. you know, every, you know, every year somebody different take it and fly with it and and tell me that it is good moment that at least it makes you want. You know, it, it makes you work and it makes you current. So yeah, cat is alright too. Okay, what about what about a producer that you worked with? I think you had a um an album with Yellow Man and Purple Man and I believe Linville Thompson produced it. Linville? Yes, tell us about Linville Thompson. Well, Lin, um, I talked to Linville all the time. I spoke to him on my birthday. That was the 2nd of January. He called me that day. You know, Linville um Linval Thompson was the producer of the album, but it was directly like Greensleeve. Mm-hmm. You know, it went into Greensleeve, Purple, Yellow, and the Nancy. And, you know, I, I really don't have anything but to say. It's just that I know them, and I know them, and they're, they're good to me, and I, I have nothing um, but to say about them, and I work with these people, and they're all good people. They're all good men. All good men. Um, what about, I just want to ask you about a couple of uh, individuals who are no longer with us, and one of them you did um, some work with, and that was um, Junjo Laws. Yeah, well, Junjo, I did um, some I, I some work with a couple of tunes with, with Junjo, and as I said before, Junjo used to come by, he would pick me up, take me to the studio or whatever, and they were, they treated me, he treated me better than Mr. Riley, put it like that. I see, he did. okay. Um, and then uh, lastly, um, you know, you, you mentioned him before, and he's such a, a legend, but uh, tell us about your uh, older brother, Brigadier Jerry. Well, Brigadier Jerry is a king for me. You know, he is the king. Brigadier Jerry is the master of everything. I've seen this man do so many things that I've never seen done in dance hall and this man is the man who brings roots and culture like Rastafari in dancehall. You DJ talk about Celestia and John Rastafari. This man is the man who brings this thing in a dancehall. Because this man make dancehall. This man like Brigadier Jury. Brigadier Jury is a man where, you know, he's just in a class by himself. And I never talk about him and talk about somebody else because so much people learn from this man. So much people stole from this man. I still talk. I can not work and don't talk lyrics that I have learned from him. I record tracks what I get from him also. And many people still do it, and they still do it. And he's still here, he's still working, and and he's just perfect as the day I, I, I know him and met him and know that he was my older brother and that he was Brigadier Jerry. You know, these men are sample men. They don't make them like that anymore. Yeah, I've seen him twice. Um, I think both times with you as well. And each time I was absolutely amazed by uh, the both of you. You, you, you are just, yeah. you're both truly uh, amazing performers. Yeah, thank you. Our, he's, my, he's my everything. He's my teacher. He's my older brother, one mother, one father. He's my mentor. I, you know, he's everything to me. Brigadier Jerry is. And I love him. Um, lastly, Nancy, um, what can your Hawaii fans expect to hear from you um, and the Guidance Band this Friday night? What's the show going to be like? Well, I know they know the Guidance Band because I perform with them down there. Already. You have, were you, have you ever been to the show both with us? Uh, uh, no, no, I have not. Okay, because I perform with Guidance Band. You know, it's, it's a very good band. I know the key them. They're very good. They're very, very good. 
and I love working with them because they played, and, and I never rehearsed with them, never. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a rehearsal with them or anything because I'm one artist who don't believe in rehearsing and I don't re- believe in sound checking. I've never done it. Oh, you've never done it? No, I've never done rehearsing and I've never done sound checking. What are you going to rehearse with me for? <laughs> you get the rhythms, you play them with the band, play them. I am a DJ, I'm not a singer. Singers are people who you want to check the voice note and hop and, hop and key this and the key and the B and the C. We just talk, you understand? Right. But I never rehearse and I never um, do a sound check. So, you know, I, well, people in my way just know that I'm coming and I'm looking forward to see them. And I hope they are excited to see me as I am with them too. And I know it's a long time I haven't um, performed there. And I'm just going to do my best as always to make them happy and they'll make me happy. I'm sure you'll make uh, your Hawaii fans happy, and if there's anybody who does not need to rehearse, I'm sure it is you. So, Nancy, Nancy thank you <laughs> no, much. I don't have to. <laughs> thank you so much for You're joining welcome. us this morning. Of course. Uh, we look You're forward welcome. to seeing you on Friday. Again, Sister yes. Nancy will be appearing with the Guidance Band this Friday at Blue Note in Waikiki. I believe there are two shows, one at, yes. I'm going to say, 6.30 or one at 9, but don't quote me exactly on the times, but I know there are two shows. So you can go uh, to the Blue Note website and uh, find out what time those shows are. Nancy, thank you so much again for joining us. You're welcome. And to all my um, friends in Hawaii, especially my, fr- my, br- my good brethren, Cisco, I hope to see you tomorrow. You take care until we meet again. Rastafari, Jalivier.